Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Summer is the best time of the year. We're talking vacation, the beach, lots of sun, and of course, sports. While you're sipping on your favorite beverage by the pool, why not get a little on the games? Whether you like MLB, MMA, golf, or anything else, my bookie is the place to bet. Their mobile site is easy to use and allows you to make bets from anywhere. No hassle, no waiting in line, no need to get off the couch. Now is the perfect time to replenish your bank account after that vacation and to make sure you've got plenty of bankroll come football season. Maybe you want to drop futures on next year's NBA champion or back to your favorite player to win the Heisman Trophy. My bookie wants you to have as much fun as possible this summer. And what's more fun than winning money while watching sports? Just visit mybookie.ag today to get started. Then try your luck out smarting the odds makers. But wait! If you deposit with promo code PANTHER25 today, my bookie gives give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code PANTHER25. And my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's been a minute, actually it's been probably like a, almost two weeks, week and a half. Um, last week I worked from home, didn't really get a chance to record anything. Was dealing with some personal things. And I just really didn't, and to be honest with you, I really didn't have much material to begin with. I mean... Because there's, you know, I can keep talking about other sports, but sometimes you just get tired of it. You want to, you come on here. You want to, you want, you want some pit stuff. But you know, thanks to uh, Patner Doozy and some recruiting, we got plenty of that to talk about. First, we'll recap the NHL, the Stanley Cup, and of course, NBA playoffs as well. Now, Pitt's been pretty busy. Over the weekend, they got a whole. They had some visitors. They got a whole bunch of commits. In fact, they have. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday today. So this morning, another personal came out, and, and so far, I'm seeing four commits that have you know they're official. You know, as part of you know, the recruiting pages. There's obviously more than four, but they, I guess we haven't really got any confirmations yet. You know, it's usually not until the recruit posts it on, you know, Twitter or reports it or somebody else just gets the source. But, um, if we look at it here, pick got, um, pick got commitment for Salman the Shields. He's, um, from New Jersey, outside linebacker. Michael Statham. Well, of course, no, but actually, no, we, we just got him. There's Hunter Sellers from Georgia, cornerback, three-star. Bengali Kamara, three-star outside linebacker. And, of course, T. Denson, another uh, three-star from Georgia, cornerback. 
Emmanuel Belgrave, three-star, weak side defensive end from Florida. And if we add these up, one, two, three, four. They got five, actually, over the weekend. Actually, I know, and I know there's more. And if you look at the um, recruiting territories, we got one from New Jersey. We got three from Georgia one from and one from Florida. Safe to say, Pitts, utilizing their ACC territory. I mean, we got recruits from, I mean, if you look at the whole entire class, you know, we got um, one kid from Maryland, a kid from Jersey, three from Georgia, Ohio, which is more Big Ten territory. But Pitt has, Pitt's had a presence in Ohio for years. And what's odd is there's no PA kids. None. Not a zip zilch. So far. But, you know, I'm not going to complain. I mean, I mean, if you look at the... Uh, it was funny because when these, were, when these pad signals came out, I tweeted, you know, I need to know what their offers were and how many star stars they were because I need to know whether to be happy about this or generally or generally hate myself. Well, when the offer sheets started to come out for these guys, a lot of these guys have some really good offers. Obviously, I don't have to hate myself now. <laughs> because, hey, the patch signal, it's been fly, flying the last few days. I mean, they've landed some really... Um, real good players and it's going to keep going and they got plenty more of these guys coming in in fact they don't just have like you know they're actually getting some guys who have like their three star four stars and they have really good offer sheets I mean they're getting some really good players that are coming to visit and they're saying all these great things about you know about Pitt So you gotta love that. That's, that's the thing. That's that's the honest thing. Is it? It always seems like the the, the out of state kids are always the ones who give Pitt the most love. They love the facilities and they love playing at Heinz Field. They love sharing the facilities with the Steelers. Whereas local kids aren't crazy about. It. They want to go somewhere else, play somewhere with, where it's an on campus stadium and whatnot. They want the whole, I guess whole campus feel, which you can still get at Pitt. I mean, you really can, so whatever. But um, I'm sure we'll get some PA kids, local kids to commit eventually. But, you know, this is obviously a good season. You know, this is obviously a big season for Pitt. And, um... But the um the, the culture, I guess the environment is not you know is great. You know, it's it's a great feeling at Pitt football right now. You know, they they obviously things are looking up and they're op- very optimistic. I mean they just won the division. They play in the ACC title game. Um commits are flying in. Lots of good things are being said. It's all a good, happy feeling right now for Pitt football right now. You know, obviously we got all, you know new offensive coordinator. You know, Kenny Pickett's going to Manning camp. A lot of great stuff. So, 
I'm not sure how the season's going to be, and we shouldn't really even worry about that because it's, it's freaking middle of June. So we'll worry about the season when it comes. But obviously the staff, they got they got the mojo right now. Got to love it. Now, as far as sports go, we're pretty much hitting a dead period. I mean, we we got nothing anymore now. Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals wrapped up. We got baseball. I mean, we got Pirates. And, you know, I think they're like 30, 30 and 39, I think. Yeah, there's, they don't have, we don't have much going for us right now. I mean, it's, you know, dead period. And, of course, you know, the Pens obviously are moving players around, too. I mean, all, they traded Ollie Matt, I believe. They got him, rid of him. Not to mention the NHL's making changes to the salary, salary cap. I guess they're making it less now, I believe. And, obviously, it's, it's a nightmare for the Pens, but... Crosby and Malkin intend to win more cups. Um, you know, hey, if they can do it, they can do it. More power to them. But as Crosby gets older, I know Malkin's like in his almost his old. They're got they're in their thirties, I believe. You wonder if the Pens are going to keep building or have some sort of you know re- rebuildment plan because eventually these guys are not going to be the the you know the stars they once were. So I'm hoping, and you guys can ignore that. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and put Do Not Disturb on. Uh, Somebody was calling me. I don't know who it was. I'm not familiar with the number. So I'm not going to worry about that too much. Now, let's go through a bunch of these. Because last we left off, I think the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, St. Louis had three games of two lead at that point. And, of course, game six. It seemed like the Blues were trying too hard. It's like they they didn't stick to their game plan. And they were just trying to beat the crap out of the, the Bruins. And no matter what they did, the shots just weren't going in. And a lot of times, it just felt like they were just throwing shots at the goalie. Uh, and I think, you know, they, I mean, the Bruins were up one nothing for most of that game up until like the last eight minutes, which I feel bad for anybody who took the under in that game. Because like two minutes, of eight minutes left, I think, the, I, think the, I think it was like 2 nothing at that point. And all of a sudden, just the goal just started rolling in. And of course, the empty netter made the over. You know, over the five and a half. Like I said, I thought the Blue, the Bruins would come into that game pissed off after what happened, and but instead it was the Blues matching the intensity, and they were working the hell out of the Bruins. They just couldn't get goals in, and then what you saw was amazing. I mean, the third by the third period, it was the, the moment you could tell the momentum was shifting. The Blues just wore themselves out, and the Bruins had the momentum, and they just turned it up on the Blues and beat the you know knocked them out. Which you kind of felt bad for you know for for the St. Louis fans and you know because they all came to watch that game, but you know it's you know those things happen in these playoff games. That's what you pay your money for. That's a memory of course you know you have to say you're game six and they lost. You know those those things happen. 
I mean, I don't think the Penguins have won a game, have won a cup at home have ever. I don't think so. I mean, they um, let's see, ninety ninety one they won at Minnesota. Uh, the Blackhawks they won at Chicago. That was that Dirk Graham game where he had that. I think it was Dirk Graham. He had like three or four goals in that game, and it was a hat, he didn't score a hat trick, but the Penguins still won like six five. And then their third cup, it was at Detroit. And then the, uh, I think the next two, I think, uh, oh yeah, they were at the, at San Jose and at Nashville. So yeah, the Pens have never won a cup at home. I don't, you know, to be honest with you, anywhere, whether it's you know NBA or whatever, it's a lot, lot time. It's very hard to win a win a series at home. You know, I mean, the Cavaliers when they won their lone NBA title was that was that you know. At Golden State, Toronto won their championship at Golden State, and you know, Golden State's last title they won it at Cleveland. So it's you know it's hard to win a championship at home. You, you you'd like to have that. I mean, I'm sure the Pens did it at home. Oh God, the city would go through the roof. I mean, Console Energy Center or, or whatever it is now these days, what, what they've named it. You know, because you know, that tends to happen a lot with with uh, you know naming rights. It would go nuts. They would they would go out of that building, pour out into the streets. And I'm sure walk over the bridge to the south side. Oh, it would be a or or Market Square. You know, wherever you want to go, Market Square, uh, the Strip. Oh, it'd be nuts. But you know, a lot of people thought that the Bruins were going to win Game Seven, and I, you know and what I've, what I've known about the Blues in that series is they were a resilient group, and it, it seemed like after every loss, they always found someone to regroup and win the next game. And they did. I mean, the game, they shut out the Bruins and, and won. They stuck to their game. They stayed disciplined. Didn't do anything dumb, and they won. Shots Shots fell in. And just, that was that. I mean, the, you know, they just... You know, the Blues did a hell of a job. And it's, and it's great. I mean, I'm sure people would feel bad about Boston. I don't know who would, but I'm just glad a team like the Blues would win the Cup for once for the first time. I mean, they, I mean, they've been one of the many franchise, franchises in the late 60s, and they get a Cup. You know, I mean, it was them. I mean, the Penguins were a late, 60, late 60s franchise edition. I think the Flyers were, too. It's great to see the Blues finally win a Cup. You know, I'm sure Brett Hall liked to, liked to see that. He tried to bring one home, couldn't do it. He ended up going to Dallas and winning winning a controversial one. Although they won, although, yeah, Hall was, skate was in the crease. But, you know what, I think the Stars won that series four games of two, so it really wouldn't matter. It doesn't really matter anyway. And I think Hall would win one more cup, I believe, with the Red Wings, I think, is who he won it with. Now, as far as the NBA playoffs go, KD came back, and he gave um, he gave the Warriors a jolt. Even when he was gone, they had a jolt. They were more confident, and you know, they stole um, they stole Game Four. 
Although, you know, that was a weird sequence of events. I know people love to blame Kyle Lowry, you know, for his, um, for the screwed up three, but the, but the three was partially blocked. But at the same time, the Raptors were down only one point. All they needed was a two. So I'm not sure why they didn't just drive that hoop and try to draw a foul or something. Instead, they kicked the ball out and bricked the three. You know, and when I didn't brick it, they missed it. Game six happened, and, I, and the Warriors came. I figured Toronto would just take care of business there because I'm thinking Kawhi has unfinished business. Even without Kitty, the Warriors came out swinging, and you saw them, and, and you saw they were on the brink of taking out the Raptors in game game six. They were on the brink of it. They were about to blow them and put them blow them to smithereens and put the, the series of seven games back to Toronto. And it all changed when Clay Thompson got hurt. Again, he hurt his he hurt his ACL. When that happened, that was it. I mean, of course, the game still went to the final shot, but it pretty much got put on the shoulders of Steph Curry, and um, you know he missed the hit open three, and he missed it. And of course, people were going to say that they're going to question his legacy. And you know what? I, it, it's an old story. I mean, for for I mean for Curry, there's nothing to question. He I mean he won. A championship without KD. And they probably would want they probably would want a second one if uh, Draymond didn't get suspended. And of course you factor in Bogut got hurt. Yeah, that's the one thing I, I forgot about. On top of the Draymond suspension, Bogut got hurt. And Bogut was the one throwing those those screens for them. And without him, you know. Things got a little difficult for the Warriors then. But, you know, Clay played his ass off. And, you know, I'm sure Game 7 would have been an epic one if it went back to Toronto. But it just didn't happen. And people people question Curry's legacy. It's ridiculous. The guy still was one of the best in the league. Best of all time, I think he is as well. I mean, what he's done, especially with his shooting, has been amazing. As far as Kitty goes, I just you know, as far as the injury goes, you know, these things they happen. He was cleared to play. It was a championships. He was cleared to play. And he just got hurt. I mean I'm sure the you know the Warriors did all their homework and that they you know, according to the press conference they did in clearing him to play. I'm not sure if they I don't I doubt they rushed him. I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would say you need to get out there and play. I think a lot. I think a lot of times, you know, Kevin Durant's a competitor. So when you're cleared to play and your team is down, you you, you want to play. And he when he came out in Game Five, you seen that. He came out ready ready to beat some ass. So I don't think really anyone's to blame for it. it just it happened, and he's out for some from some time. But, uh, but yeah, they're net guys. There's not much else we can talk about. I mean, um, it's a short podcast. I mean, we could talk pirates. I mean, that's always fun. 
So let's talk pirates. Nah, it's not. Never mind. But if you um looking to go to pirate games, let me tell you about our buddies at SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes great deals, yellow good deals, and red dot not so good deals. Use the promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 for your first purchase. That's two free beers at the same on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 for your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, we have the tickets. So, yeah, if you're going to go to Pirate Games, check out SeatGeek. I'm sure, um, you know, maybe, you know, I'm sure you can get Pirate tickets cheap now these days. But maybe SeatGeek has them dirt cheap. And then maybe you get the 20 bucks off. Hey, maybe you get them for free. You, you, know, you pay the whole, the whole um, service crap. That's what I love about those ticket buying things. They always, there's always the service charges and... Yeah. Oh, well, guys. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the week. Hello, pet. Let's let the past signals roll.